whip and I'm waiting for the lights to change. I can't sit here waiting for my life to change. I wanna drive a range, private place. I wanna work on my swing at the driving range. It's like man, I wanna see my schedule. Six cans of Red Bull, two tanks of petrol, and there's things in my pools like lentil, mental. Man, all the young man's exceptional. Cause I don't do days off. Man, no, I do hard work. After two days, which brought seven wickets, Test cricket was back. 15 wickets fell on day three. Most of them Australian. Pat Cummins was on fire, and I'm incredibly sweaty, but incredibly excited. With me, as ever, to talk about the third day of the Boxing Day test is Gordon Hunter Meredith. Gordo, how bloody good was that? I look, it was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was bloody good. Something happened, which is better than nothing happening, which is what happened on the first two days. But I think for a genuinely good day of test cricket, we need two teams going head-to-head at the peak of their powers. And we had one team, yet again, failing to anywhere find form with the bat, one team exporting that, and one good bowler for Australia, making it somewhat interesting and allowing a glimmer of hope at the end of the day of a, of a home victory, which seems very unlikely. So did you expect the batting collapse after two days where all the talk was about the flat pitch and the common and prevailing logic if you kind of read the press was probably that Australia were going to go out here and just make what the Indians made and put the test to bed? Yeah, well... Anyone who's watched any amount of Australian test cricket over the last four years would know that you should always expect a collapse and then be thankful it doesn't happen. And uh, it did, because they always do. And thats it's not as flat as everyone says it is. And if it was a flat wicket, both teams would make 300 in a day, not 300 in two days. It's a tricky wicket. It's just not conducive for aesthetically pleasing cricket. And by that, I mean aesthetically pleasing for, for TV watchers. I didn't mind the first two days, to be totally frank. It's slow. It's a bit dour, but mm. it's, it shows it shows a challenge. Like, if you can respect Punjara's innings, you can go, well, let's application. Especially those who play cricket can go, I know how tough it can be sometimes to last 10 balls, 100 balls. To last 300 is very, very, very impressive. And that should be respected. But doesn't sell tickets, does it get viewership, does it, does it get those clicks on Facebook? Is it as funny as Tim, Tim Payne and uh, Aaron Finch's banter and pants at the crease? Like, probably not, but... <laughs> That's not what Test Cricket is. As everyone keeps telling us on, on TV broadcasts at nauseum, this is what Test Cricket's all about. That's what Pinjara did. So today was a bit disappointing from an Australian cricketer's fan point of view because we couldn't put any application. And we saw they had two days while standing in the field bored out of their brain to realise this is how we have to try and draw this test. And instead, they gave the Indians a chance to win it. So the big question for me coming out of the day was what did the Indians do that allowed them to extract more from the surface than the Australians because it was pretty obvious from the get-go today that there was more happening than we'd seen. And, like, more half shouts, more LB, like more little LBW shouts, more sort of, like, half chances. It was just a feeling that they were more in the game as a bowling side than the Australians were for the most part across the To be the fair to the Australians, early on we had a lot of... Early on with all three of the new balls, we had... A lot of chances that didn't go to hand. They had a lot of chances fall fall short. Well, they did on that second day. They had that particularly pronounced middle session where mm. they kind of shot themselves. The, the back end of day one as well. Yep. So, yeah. yeah well, it was the pain drop at the end of day one. There was yeah, the pain drop at the end of day one. So there were some chances that went down that cost them dearly. And when you field poorly, you're going to let the opposition off the hook, and they did. Uh, from a technique point of view, it was something that was brought a half 
kind of nugget brought out on the uh, Fox Sports coverage what this makes morning. It, what makes it a half nugget rather than a full nugget? It's like going to Macca's and coming up with the half pack rather than the 12 pack, I think it is. I think it's almost like you order your, you order your nuggets, you expect some sauce, but you don't get the sauce with it. <laughs> so you kind of you are sated, but you're not satisfied. What's your favourite nugget sauce? I don't like nuggets at all. I just use it for the analogy, to be totally fair. But Have you never like mixed mayo with tomato sauce? Oh, you are you are you are a weird this unit. Shane Warne areas, but and we are moving know. rapidly on because something that <laughs> back, I hate back to the nugget. Yeah, when when commentary teams digress into what are we eating tonight, fellas? <laughs> Is Jared driving the limo? Macca's nuggets for the boys. Yeah, all that buns out, suns out, buns out with Macca's McRib or whatever or, it is, or whatever the uh, sponsored plug is there. Heavily digressing back, so Hussey jumps in the lab and talks about how the Indians extracted more movement from the, their pace bowlers than the Australians did. Okay, and, can I pick you up there? Yeah. Why was Hussey doing a bowling segment? Because he was on the broadcast. And do they just chop and change? Yeah, so they don't go. Well, let's get. But also, like, but also, I'm not an Australian fast bowler, and I can dig, like dissect things that I see with my eyes. Like, really, being an analyst means you have eyes and you have some bank of knowledge to make a decision. About they're blind. It. They're, they're surely blind analysts. Anyway, back. There to are the... blind commentators, which is an interesting read. I'll look it up and drop it in the show notes. Anyway, back to the point. <laughs> back to the point. I'm trying to get there, but geez, you'd be a pain in the ass in the commentary box. Where where the half nugget comes from is that Hussey explained that. Here's some, here's some footage of the Indians bowling. Here's some footage of the Australians bowling. The Indians have proud straight seams. The uh, Australian bowlers have wobbly seams. Obviously, straight seam allows more seam and swing. Wobbly seam doesn't. What he didn't do, however, was explain how one gets a straight seam versus a wobbly seam. And I, th- I think the long and short of that is just, if you look hard at the actual bowling actions, especially with Bumrah, because he's so whippy, he relies a lot on his wrist to, pr- to produce speed. But with that as well, he's obviously his wrist is very strong at the point of release. So he, mm-hmm. once he lets the ball down the back of the seam, it's going to stay in the back of the seam. But all all three of their quicks have done that really well this series with, with Shami and uh, Shant, Ishant as well. So I think some of that for the Australians, early on they do a little bit and then they get tired. And if you're going to be out there for 180 plus overs, it's going to be pretty easy to get tired and, and bowl some not so delicious deliveries. Well, that was a classic, like, have to win the toss. Big advantage by winning it because then you put the other team in the field. And once India took the time and made Australia bowl, the, the odds were always marginally in their favour because of the Australian inability to get wickets. And then the fact that they were fatigued, as we have said, led to those drop catches. So the problem just compounded mm. and to things like their bowling technique and their seam falling away. That being said, though, I don't think we were completely beaten ends up by a bowling attack. A vast majority of the dismissals, especially from the top six, were were somewhat helped, if not completely charitable, from the Australian batsmen. Yeah, particularly the first two. And I did say that Coley, I thought, captained quite well today on the whole. Um, but I thought the first two dismissals were just, like, unnecessary. And we looked... I wouldn't say we looked comfortable, but, like, we didn't need to get out of yeah, absolutely. And we didn't, need to, we didn't need to bat in the manner that we did. We showed no desire to try and take the game deep and, if, and, if, and if necessary, take the draw. Mm. And in the, in the terms of the series, once you've already let a team bat for two days, you're probably not going to win this game. So there's probably time to look ahead to Sydney, unfortunately. You know, as defeatist that, as that sounds, that's the position we found ourselves in. Yeah, I mean, the only way the Australians could feasibly win would have been to make 650 in two days and then knock India over on the last. Mm. Like... They basically had to bat once to be in a winning position, barring two ridiculously low-scoring second innings. And as it was, we didn't even get our first inning score up there. Which begs the question, after two days of watching the way that Chiteshwar Pujara batted, 
what did why did we not learn more from that innings? Because he played what was the slowest of his test hundreds. It was the slowest of the slow. Um, and it just seemed that we didn't take any of that on board. Well, we just don't have the batsman. We don't have we don't have the batsman with the mindset to do that. So we we have the batsman in Renshaw who got he got lambasted for batting too slow when he made his first appearance in the Australian Test team and hasn't made an appearance since. And the rest of our batsmen want to play shots. We're opening with our one-day international opener who only bats at number six in first-class cricket because he's a shot maker and a batsman who can take the game away from you using, you know, commentary cliche. But as an opener, he wants to try and hit the ball. And that's what we saw today when he kind of clipped it to, to short catching mid Well, he's in Dave Warner's role. Like as an aggressive opening batsman, but without being Dave Warner. Well, Maybe we're thankful. Without being Dave Warner, without being left-handed, which helps Dave Warner a lot, without having the defensive technique that... Like, Dave, Dave, when Dave Warner's at his peak, he's in the top 10 batsmen in the world, and Finch sometimes doesn't play for Victoria. Like, this is what I mean by we don't have the application to know to play within our limits. Is Pinjama's currently ranked the fourth best bat, test batsman in, in the world, and apparently, according to Mark Waugh, he doesn't have scoring shots. Because he knows his he knows his scoring zones, he knows how to play within himself, and he'll go. I'm not going to get out, and I'm going to force you to bowl to me. And when I when you do, I will score runs that way. All of our batsmen try and take the take the bowlers on, and we did, and we did it at none for at the start. We did it at three down for, for not much. We did it at six down for not much. And once you get to the bowlers, well, then they're like, well, we may as well hit out because we're not going to last because we're not batsmen. And once you get to that point, it's like, well, when are we going to learn and when will the system learn? That comes all the way back to, you know, Lang was meant to be the great white hope of Australian cricket, changing the philosophies and, you know, drilling into these new up-and-comers saying, we're here to play test cricket, we're here to play the gritty way, elite honesty, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we go and we go and say, on day one, this pitch is too hard to bowl on, then suddenly we get skilled in two sessions within a day. Yeah, well, we just regressed. To old habits, like that's the, the signature of the Australian collapse is the poor shots. Like we're not going out for sod all on green tops with someone swinging at two meters, mm. or to the world's most ridiculously amazing spinner. Yeah, day like, three of the MCG was not day one at Christchurch. Exactly, like it's not a ridiculous rampant seamer. Like we're not getting bowled out for for sod all. I mean, 151 wasn't our worst effort, but again. We're hardly going to go lower than 47. So I think the score, though, the score should be irrelevant. It should be Bull's face. And that's the one thing. So, like, Pajara's, Pajara's runs this, this series has not been that impressive. But his Bull's face has been because he can control one of the three resources that you have in Test cricket. Yeah, he's, nearly up, to, he's nearly up to 1,000 balls. Hmm. If he batted slightly longer in the second dig today and not gone to Quacker. Well, even in minutes' face, I think Pajara batted for... 600 minutes, Curly batted for 300 odd minutes, and Australia, the entire Australian team batted for 238. That's the story. We batted, we batted for a third of the time of two batsmen with 11. And that just shows, like, if they want to talk about elite honesty, that's the conversations they need to be having. And it was interesting walking out of the, the G this afternoon, they fronted up Nathan Lyon to go face the ABC Grandstand Press. Are you serious? And they were asking him questions. It's like, how are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. Well, he's already had, what, I don't know, six drops off his bowling in the last two days. <laughs> so boy. he's already pretty knackered. Uh, and then he's like, they have to go out and bat again today. And he didn't say, he didn't shove anyone under the bus or anything like that. But he's obviously, you could tell in his tone that he's like, well, don't talk to me. I did, I'm not to blame. I told away, yeah, I bowled my 40. You're interviewing the wrong person. I bowled my 40-odd overs and I tried it with my best at the bat. But I'm going to get barred from short stuff. Yeah. Even though I bowl, you know, off spin and have no hair. 
and uh, I'm like the least threatening person on this team. And now you're talking to me about, oh, what can we do to win this test match? Like, that's, yeah, that's the kind of stuff. It's like, I think, do they have those conversations in the change rooms about putting it on the batsman and saying, this is on you guys? It's like any sporting team, though, where you just get to a point where, and I sort of wrote jokingly that Pat Cummins would have just been sat there wanting a day with his feet up and a cup of tea and in and out of the ice bath, etc. And he didn't get that. Because he was batting like, what, 10, 15 minutes after lunch. So mm. he got all of a session to rest after bowling a ridiculous number. I think it was 36 overs um, in relatively um, horrible heat. Like, at what point would... Like, those guys couldn't sit in that meeting without just being like, like, fuck, we've been here before. It's like when the, it's like you make the mistake once, but after so many times of making it, the meeting in any sporting team, you just get to them like, are we really here again? Like, that, that becomes what you are you've proven yourselves unable to change it or unable to change it so there's an element of like watching those guys like they are never going to say outwardly like yes the batsman fucked up but it's pretty bleedingly obvious Hmm. that's the problem and internally they would know that like Cummins would probably be relatively maybe he's too nice but I'm imagining there's a small part of them that would be like fuck I also wrote that after the long walk off or during the long walk off the best thing the batsman could do would be to plot ways to avoid the bowlers in the dressing rooms just get away from all costs because there would be daggers flying. I suppose the only silver lining for Cummins is that he got to take some wickets at the end of the day today, but it's like, were those wickets... Nearly got a hat-trick, Gordon. Were those wickets as good as what the scorecard looks like? Uh, we'll get to that later. I'd say probably It was pretty, not, pretty explosive on the scorecard, at least. I don't know, very much wickets, yeah. Um, so, again, you can't really say it was one factor or the other and be essentialist. It was just that combination of bad batting and good bowling. Yeah, they executed their plans well. They've obviously well researched, and a lot of the Australian batsmen that have flaws, they used they used the right bowlers against the right batsmen. They executed executed their fielding plans well. They took, I'm pretty sure, all of their chances. I think maybe Collie dropped one. They had a they had a B plus A type day in the field. Collie captain. Uh, so Collie Collie as captain, I thought had a. Fairly good day. Fairly good day. You make it so much easier for the captain if you just fall into the trap every time. Especially, well, especially when you go in and attacking at it. So we lasted 60 overs. There was no need for him to change any plans because no batsman was there long enough to make him change it. Yeah, whereas we had to try. Whereas we, yeah, you got Tim Payne being like, well, how do we do this? Though. This guy's not going to try and hit out. Do we try and bowl, like, do we try and bowl junk towards the end of the, the long, slow walk to death? And I saw, uh, saw Aaron Finch uh, bowl a couple of junk overs. Toughest over Tim Payne faced in the shield, mm, apparently. Obviously, yeah. But the, the Finch dismissal was the one that really stood out because he blasted that ball through cover. Great shot. Then they very pronounced, like very pointedly moved Agarwal from cover to the short, wide-ish mid-wicket mid-on setup. Yeah. And then Finch literally obliged. Like, Coley, as you said, did that to make his bowler ball straight. Mm. Um, and then Finch basically just walked into it. And I think also the the way the Australians bat helps, helps even with the lines and lengths of the Indian bowlers because... Again, the Indians are being very stoic and very conservative in their batting, anything wide, especially early on, on day one where the bounce wasn't true, the pace wasn't true, so you couldn't play your, your flat bat shots and your square the wicket shots. Whereas by day three, it seems to be clicking up just a touch or the one ball will be fast, one ball will be slow or whatever. But the Australians are being more than willing to just cut at will. So that once you bowl too wide, you're really going to go for a run. So then they straighten up, attack the stumps, and let the variable bounds deliver the trick. Mm. And if you can find some swing or find some seam, then so be it. And that's what they did, especially Bumrah. Like, as much as we say that's a collapse, 
Bummer bowled very well. He didn't bowl like, you know, a West Indies 1980s style, you know, explosive spell, but he executed his plans well and he, he yeah. did a good job. And I think back to that point, it was interesting with the short balls, how many batsmen in this match have ducked into or misjudged the height on bounces. Mm. We've seen a few batsmen get struck across the, the three days just by trying to duck, ball and get up. A little bit of jump here and there. It's been a little bit unpredictable. And that just makes you wonder, like, surely the coaching directive has to be like, hey, Travis... How about we don't play the cut shot just for a little bit, maybe for the first two hours of your innings? Like, just put it away. Okay, I'm not doing it. Like, it just the ability to curb a natural impulse is non-existent, mm. and it's in, it's just in very it's just in very very frustrating. Like, we watched Head in Perth, and I know we won. Um, there was some of these cracks still there. We watched Head get caught at third man twice cutting. Mm. Like, no. So I don't know when that lesson gets learned. But Boomer was exceptional. And he's like the way he plays his cricket is he's just this smiling, lanky kid with an unorthodox run up who just looks like he's having the time of his life. It's actually wonderful, wonderful to watch. That's some classic journalistic overplay though. Like oh. like exceptional it was very good. And like having the time of his life, well yeah, because they're, you know, four hundred runs ahead with, you know, two days to spare and they're gonna win their first ever series for their country in Australia. So Yes, I'd love to see them if the roles were reversed, how happy and charming they are. And they're not, because we saw this in Perth. Doesn't take much doesn't take much for anyone out in a cricket field for a very long time when it's not going your way to start chirping off even at your teammates. So You are The conditions always front. help you be happier if you're on front. So throwdowns. Little net session, I'm so oh I just I wish I had one of those whirlers and I could just bump you with Wanger. Wanger. It's a wanger. No, it's a whirler. No, it's a wanger. No, a wanger is well No, a wanger is the, is, the, is the stick. The stick, the dog throwing the dog team. Throwing, they're whirlers. They're a wanger. No, Gu- guaranteed. No, a wanger is something. We will different. make a Twitter poll. It is a wanger. I'm convinced. I mean, you would know. You have professional Indian. The Indian team has professional wangers they take with them so they can practice short pitch bowling. I mean, like, if Bay 13 were really intelligent, they would find a way of making something out of that. It's pretty easy. You are a wanger. <laughs> so, we are doing our net with our wanger. We were wrong about the pitch, Gordon. You were wrong about the pitch. No, well, most of us were. I'm taking me and, you know, a large portion of the media who wrote it off. As I said, at the end of day one, I thought this was going to be a classic rain delay, let's go replay some 1980s Boxing Day cricket. Classic, not doing much, not very much fun for anyone really, days one and two, and then start to crumble and roll and spit as they used to back in the day. And... If everyone had more patience and realised that chess cricket's a five-day game, as uh, our good friend Jenna Douglas said on our first pot of this series, you'd realise that it's all going to be all right in the end, and it was, helped by some poor batting. But, yeah, we were, we were, we were wrong about this pitch being di- diabolical. Would we have liked a little bit more bounce and a little bit more pace for some slightly more interesting cricket on day one and two? Absolutely. But is it time to go pick it out the front of the curator's office and burn it down so we can go get a new one? Probably not. The MCG on that point will avoid demerit points for this pitch. Now that I'm, I'm less convinced about because Perth got an average. Perth got the lowest yeah. park mass possible, and I couldn't I, like. This has been a less entertaining and probably just as dangerous test it as probably Perth probably gets minus one. It would think so. I don't think it'll get the three like poor of last year. Yeah, um, but I think there's a reasonable chance that it'll get the minus one. Which is that's which, manageable. Which, which also is fair because it was a, it is a below average wicket. It yeah. didn't do anything for two days and then it did something. 
you ideally want it to do something they want them to as well because that obviously would immediately curtail barring or, or even allow just more scoring but like if you lose seven wickets over two days but then hopefully there's been you know almost a thousand runs not mm. yeah not 300 off. it's the stodginess <laughs> yeah the, and that was the same issue last year yeah I guess that means it, like so it, hypothetically if you get one it would curtail that immediate threat of loss next season or one more bad pitch completely blowing the Boxing Day test up which is yeah. a good well, thing we'll definitely have Boxing we, we will have been in a position to hold the test in Melbourne next year it just depend on whether or not a, like the like the Cricket Australia wants to how they seen enough and been like, no, let's give it to Adelaide or let's give it to mm. Perth. Or and I, I think their indication is that it will stay. So, and absolutely, because first day seventy five thousand, and it's a non Ashes year, so everyone freaks out about ticket sales anyway. Biggest crowd ever between Australia and India happened on day one of this test, and we had back to back thirty three thousand people when it's almost thirty eight in the water bag. Like slightly better conditions for for, for spectators, and you're gonna get forty thousand, forty thousand. You're gonna you're gonna break big numbers. Mm. In a, in a test area that's missing your two most markable test players and you're not playing well. Wow. Day three is Nuffy Day. Absolutely. That's the ultimate Dorothy Dix if it go on. Yeah, so I tweeted this out at the end of the day just as a little bit of a, uh, a dig in the ribs of all those that said that this, this test was stuffed and the pitch was stuffed and how dare you. Really, if you're there at the ground, or even if you're not, like Boxing Day, heaps people do Christmas Christmas round two with the other side of the family on Boxing Day. Or if you go to the cricket, it's all about catching with your mates that you only see once a year, having a bunch of froths and just enjoying your time. And the cricket happens as a, like a superfluous thing. On day two, it's usually the club day. They'll organise a function because you've done all your Christmas stuff and now you're free in inverted commas. And that's when just all the blokes get boosted essentially. And we see that. Like that's the day that the fanatics are the biggest and rowdiest. We saw day 13 get into Mitch Marsh yesterday. That's your big boozing day. And again, the cricket kind of happens but doesn't really matter. Probably not because everyone's too busy in the bar. And then by the time you get to day three and onwards, that's where your cricket watches, your cricket nuffies, your cricket lovers come out and actually watch cricket because by this stage we're getting pretty close to New Year's and those that don't really care go off. So we had Will on the pod last two days. He's off down the beach now because as much as he loves cricket, he probably loves being at the beach more. So then he goes off. But we still get 33,000 there. So then the Nuffies come in and go, there's going to be less drunk idiots. There's going to be a bit more space for me to enjoy my surrounds and watch some good cricket. They got some okay cricket. They got some good enough cricket to make it worthwhile. And they got a situation now where you can come back tomorrow, possibly see a result, and also just yeah, more um, another good watch with people that really like watching cricket around you. Cummins was lucky. Absolutely. Have you watched the replays of that? When you package up on the highlights reel, they're, they're all pretty average wickets. The one, the first one, fending coming off the shoulder of the bat is is a pretty brutal ball. Pretty brutal ball. A pretty you know quintessential fast bowls wicket. Let's get him shook. Let's get him jumping, fending, and it balloons to gully. The rest were down leg side. And if the pitch was a bit truer, they, they all go the boundaries, if not over the boundary. Instead, it's a bit of a dicky pitch. You, you glove one, you nick one, you spoon one. The last one got literally spooned to pain on like the on the paddle round through. So he got lucky, but does he deserve some luck? Yeah, he tore hard on that first, no, in those first two days. And he's been by far our best bowler in this match. And probably even with line for the series. Four for nine off eight balls, I think he had at one point. Hmm. Um, and sometimes it falls your way. And you know, everyone who's played cricket before knows that you can bowl some pure junk and get wickets. And then there's other days where you bowl glorious spells and don't get anything. Probably one of the reasons Boomer's wickets were somewhat 
uh, enjoyable to watch because he's been fairly unlucky mm. across the first two tests. Which brings me to the next one. If you could pick one of Boomerah and Cummins, who would you take? Tough one because they're very similar bowlers, both in stats. Different in nature. I would be interested to see if, if Boomerah could back up what Cummins did day one and two and bowl like really lengthy spells and charge in. Because their, their techniques being very different mean that I think Boomer's more of your strike. Boomer's more comparable to Stark as a style of bowler than he is to Cummins. But in terms of their wickets for the year, for the calendar year, Boomer's taken 45 on an average of 21 and a strike rate of 48. Cummins has taken 42 at an average of 20 and a half with a strike rate of 44. So they're very, very similar bowlers and uh, Cummins has played in one fewer inning bowling innings than Boomerah, hence he's three wickets behind. So, like, you take either. Yeah, statistically um, similar. And it's, it really just depends on who else is in your team. Maybe Cummins is a bit more durable and a bit more, um, like, multifaceted. He could be the bowl into the wind for all day for me, please. He can be your strike bowler. He could probably even take the new ball. And I'd be very interested to see what they do in Sydney because I reckon Stark, at Stark and Hazel would both look pretty cooked. You sagooed into my next point. So Mark Stevens, the AFL journal, and a couple of others on Twitter were teeing off asking why Cummins doesn't get the new ball. Well, action again. So if he bowled more like Bumrah and more like Stark, that's conducive for swing bowling and the new ball swings more than the old ball, obviously. Yeah. So that's why he doesn't have it. You, you give Stark the new ball because he's meant to get run in massive in-swingers and just take poles. Which, if he doesn't do that, well then, yeah, okay, but that's what he's in the team to do. Yeah. Hazelwood comes in, usually has quite a strong wrist, quite a proud to see him, gets it to nibble, gets it to move. He's a new ball ball as well. And Cummins could be, but in this team, how it's set out with the balance of the team, he is your, your first or second change, and let's, let's fire up the diesel engine and go all day, please. Without further ado... That's us done for day three. We certainly hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We will be back with another Bev in the Sheds post-play tomorrow. If you do want to join us on this pod while the summer is live, I think we've got three test matches to go. Hit us up. We're always scanning for guests. And a final shout-out to our sponsor, the Yorkshire Hotel. You can pop down there anytime and grab a pint at the Stingo. I popped in there afterwards, actually, after the day's play. And if it is raining... Uh, their happy hour, which I just sussed out on the board before, is uh, four to six, five dollar schoons. So, uh, how much are the shots? Depends how bad they are. If they're Australian shots, I'll give them away for free. Shaky to count. Cause I don't do days off, man. No, I do hard work pays off. Said I don't do days off, man. No, I do hard work pays off. Said I don't do days off, man. No, I do hard work pays off. Said I don't do days off, man. No, I do hard work pays off. I'm whipping, I'm waiting for the lights to change. I can't sit here waiting for my life to change. I wanna drive a range, private place. I wanna work on my swing at the driving range. It's like man, I wanna see my schedule. Six cans of Red Bull, two tanks of petrol, and this things in my boots like lentil, mental. Man, all the young man's exceptional. Man, already know that I smash the scene. No, I can't take days off more than a day. Job display balance like cash machine, ups and downs like trampoline. What place, what time? Can't take what's mine. Funny how man ain't the same offline. Better step up like you're playing offside. Nigga, better step up what your swing's upsided. Sounding alone, that shot's fired. Nobody does it like Cam, I'm not Bigus. Nobody does it like Gang, they're not like us. We got the golden touch, but not Midas. Catch man, rolling the block, look on sliders. Watch man, think your browser's on private. Gotta take a plus, so I'm never on minus. Cam dog, never get air like block signers. Cause I don't do days off, man know I do hard work pays off Said I don't do days off, man know I do hard work pays off Said I don't do days off, man know I do hard work pays off Said I don't do days off, man know I do hard work pays off